Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Shannon. And we are your co-hosts. And today, in our ongoing segment on constellation mythology, I am talking about the Ursas, both major and minor. So a bit of a two-for-one special even. Oh, hey, girl. And on this uh, berry special episode, I'm talking about blueberries. So you guys like what I did there? It works in two ways. I I I did like that, and I like that. I like that bears like to eat berries. I do too. I'm that's also the, like that's that's the incredible third layer to that pun. Also, don't bears like live? They they like live my goal lifestyle. Like they hibernate, they eat fruit, they hang out in the forest. They don't work forty hours a week. Like, ugh. Oh, I want to be a bear. You could absolutely see why it would be tempting. Yeah. Um, and and we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about that lifestyle a little bit when we're talking about um the Ursas. So Amaze Balls. I'm excited. I think that uh, you know, this week was a very magical week for it, a lot yes. of reasons. But Nick, before we like dive in too much, when did you feel magical this week? Okay, I have two for this week uh the first one was so for anyone that does not know um i am absolutely just rock hard for anything having to do with uh, with space stuff and they did leak that photo from the james webb telescope this week which is the deepest um deep field photograph of space um and it's amazing it's like there's stuff in that but there's stuff in that photo that's like 14 billion years old so yeah i uh i do i've really appreciated the way the internet has responded to this because all of the jokes about how bowling alleys really got it right with their carpet prints i'm like yes yeah absolutely Yeah, this week has been, I feel like, so weird for me. I have been feeling very out of sync with myself. But I do have to say that that, like, Capricorn supermoon was everything. Just, like, what a big mood the Capricorn supermoon was. It was so cloudy the actual night of it here in LA. But when it was, like, 97% the night before, we got to see it. And the moon has just been so big and I am digging this like waning moon period at the moment. I've just been feeling so lethargic. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like lean in to the fact that the super moon happened. It was epic, but we're in the waning moon phase. I'm like, I, I was just like, I'm going to honor my body in being sleepy this week. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, but look, I'm in tune. This isn't about just the like crazy burnout that we have from like late stage capitalism and living through crumbling like a crumbling empire i'm also just jiving with the moon (laughs) absolutely no i have been feeling that too i've been really enjoying my sleep Mm. which is you know because it's like one of those things where some like you you do have to sleep but you know it's it's um it sucks when you feel like like you have to sleep instead of wanting to sleep um yeah 
And so, yeah, but I did, um, I had a fun little unboxing yesterday. I thought yeah. it might be fun to do like a little show and tell. So, and since we're doing um, kind of like a space witch episode for my half, um, I did just want to show everyone, I'm wearing my little star earrings, little Oh, they're, just, cute. they're just cute little star earrings that's not part of the unboxing though i'm also wearing this necklace that friend of the pod shannon made for me so um you can see her stuff online um her instagram tag is haxan wolf h-a-x-a-n wolf um which is you know wolf um but yeah so so cute and it's um this rune but it's um made of little pieces of jewelry that look like twigs which is so cool for the ones in front so i've got my 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 twiggy my twiggy rune which is um which is like a which is like a traveling rune and i think that's such a good to be like right before my trip too and then i also but also look at how gorgeous this box is with the little wax seal oh i know her wax seals are so beautiful i still have the box that my uh necklace that we got Oh, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of those. Like the necklace is going to go with my regular jewelry in my, my, my lighthouse shaped jewelry box with seashells and um, starfishes on the bottom because I am that bitch. Um, (laughs) But I don't know, I don't know what's going to go in this box. Maybe my crystals. We'll see. Something's going to go in here though, because this is too good. Like my, my crow brain is like pretty box. You're such a magpie, and I love that for you. <laughs> um, but then I also got, speaking of my little trip, um, everyone remembers the roaming gnome, right? Because we did our gnome episode a few weeks back. Um, so I got, because I don't want to, I just want to take uh, all of these selfies, right, for while I'm on a trip by myself because, and then I don't want to be that guy walking around with the selfie stick in public because I would rather die of embarrassment. Um, so, yeah, not a cute look. <laughs> so look, look at this cute little dragon beanie baby I bought though. Um, incredible. Um, I look have at those beanie... wings. They're everything. I know, I know. Iridescent, iridescent. Um, I had this beanie baby as a kid. I'm very excited. Um, be on the lookout for um dragon based vacation photos on my instagram in the very near future that's so appropriate for you i love it i love it yeah this i feel like summertime man i'm i'm feeling my like lana del rey summertime sadness i think that's something i'm trying to come to terms with is like i get i feel like i get seasonal depression over the summer (laughs) like i hate it I absolutely feel this in my bones because it's like, it's too hot. And I mean, it's literally been like 109 degrees in Texas. So it's too hot to go outside. And then you're just like in bed with the fan on you. Yeah. Which, 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 yeah, it's like, yeah, you're not getting um, sun if you're inside hiding from the sun. Oh, yeah. I'm like, have you seen? I'm so pale. I was not made to live in tropical environments. No. <laughs> like, no. I have no melanin. Nor nor was I. Nor was I. And so it's just like the sun just, I think, to me, this like hot, hot, hot summer sun feels very draining. And so I get why cancers are a little irritable. Yeah. Um, I'm like, 
Same. Also Virgos, because I feel like by the time Virgo season ro- rolls around, I'm always just like, fuck everything. Just over it. Just absolutely I'm over it. Exhausted. It's been hot for a long time. In LA, it's like we're starting to really ramp into summer now because oh, like yeah. it stays hot through September. So I just like this last week have been like, what the fuck? But the good thing is I've made a lot of teas. I made myself a cold infusion of chamomile. So like self-care, man. Self-care summer. But I mean, on that note, blueberries, y'all, because I made the best browned butter blueberry cake this week. So in my cast iron, browned an entire stick of butter. And then it was a mix of AP flour and almond flour and honey. And so y'all, hot tip, if you make like a cake with brown butter, sweeten it with honey because brown butter plus honey equals toffee. Who knew? Not I? No, I didn't know that. But it's everything. The Great British Baking Show did not prepare me for this. No. So I made a brown butter cake in my cast iron. And it was so funny because Eric and I were like, well, you know, we'll make a whole cake and maybe we'll share some with our neighbors. We ate all of it in two days. It was so good. And it's so like in the cast iron, it was like I, you made the batter and then I folded in some frozen blueberries because blueberries are everything. And I'm like, a blueberry pie is great, but don't sleep on blueberries and other pastries right like um can we just acknowledge the fact that blueberry cake donuts are superior to most donuts oh my god uh we love a blueberry cake donut actually for my birthday this year i literally had matcha cake with fresh blueberries oh see i i feel like i have like every summer i have a blueberry or i have a berry of the summer right so i'm like last summer was blackberry summer for me for my birthday i made a lemon lavender blackberry cake which was so good but this year i'm really feeling the blueberries cherries have been hit or miss they're like not as easy to get i mean i did panic buy a bunch of cherries yesterday at trader joe's when i saw them in stock and i'm like I can't keep these. I'm going to have to eat a bunch of cherries this week. It's fine. But I'm like really digging blueberries. I've been putting blueberries in my oatmeal. I love making a blueberry pie. Making just like an easy blueberry syrup to put on like waffles and pancakes is super easy with just like some frozen blueberries and a little bit of honey or maple syrup in there. Like, and they're so good for you. Like they're super high in antioxidants, like fiber, vitamins, and they actually contain the highest amount of antioxidants. Like when you compare, they did a thing where they compared them to like 40 other fruits and veggies. Blueberries had the most like antioxidants. And I just love that because it's like, sometimes I think we get hooked on this like idea because of the weird health and wellness culture where it's like, oh, well I need like acai because that's the super food. And it's like, yeah, for people that live where acai grows, but like blueberries, man, they're so good for you. And they're not exotic. They're not fucking dragon fruit. They don't have like anything that, you know, gets like kitschy excitement from the culinary world, but don't sleep on them. They're also like super high in vitamin C and they're good for urinary tract health. So like if you're someone who gets UTIs and you don't like cranberries because cranberries are not for everybody, Blueberries are related to cranberries, so they're also good for your urinary tract system. So, like, 
add more blueberries to your diet. But they're native to North America, Europe, and Asia. So we have wild blueberries in North America. And there are two main varieties of blueberry, right? So they're called low bush, which are the wild blueberries, and high bush, which are the cultivated. And wild blueberries are like really tiny. They're super small. And they're also very good for you. And you can get them frozen. Definitely recommend. But the cultivated version actually wasn't bred until like the 20th century. Like until then, wild was the only option. And high bush blueberries actually have like really shallow root systems. But the wild varieties, which you might not know, have underground rhizomes. So like they got thick, meaty rhizomes and they'll that's how they like spread into their patches. And blueberries do reproduce by like cross-pollination though. So if you find a wild patch, the productivity of the patches can vary a lot because they do rely on cross-pollination. And we're going to talk about growing blueberries. But if you want to buy blueberries, you guys know I'm not like a whore for organics, right? Like I understand accessibility and the importance of like being within your means, but blueberries are part of the dirty dozen. So I'm, I would say like they're on the list of things that if you're going to buy, you do, if you can, I recommend like splurging for organic just because there's so many pesticides. I was, I was going to say, I feel like the best way that this has been explained to me as far as like which things are important to buy organic is that anything that's on the ground, you're going to want to go for the organic. Anything that you eat the skin of, you're going to want to go for organic. And it's like, I think blueberries are like so low to the ground too. Like that kind of falls in that. Like it just makes common sense. Yeah. And it's like, I think for me, I definitely, I think that buying commercial is what's like most accessible for the most number of people but I'm like I'm looking it up so there's a list of what they call the dirty dozen right so this is the thing where it's like they're the things that have the most pesticides so we're talking strawberries spinach kale collard mustard greens nectarines apples grapes basically any peppers um I think peaches and then blueberries, of course, cherries, pears, celery, and tomatoes. So it's like, you don't have to get everything organic. You don't even like potatoes. They're fine. You don't have to get organic potatoes. MBD. But the dirty dozen, I would say like, just check it out. Because if you're going to like buy anything organic, go for those that are like really, really, really high in pesticides. But the good news is, like, these are actually not super, super hard to grow, okay? And not only are they, like, relatively easy to grow, they're relatives of uh, rhododendrons and azaleas. So they, like, make delicious fruit, but they're also pretty. Like, over the winter and in the fall, they get this, like, dark red, like, scarlet foliage, like... They look like gorgeous hedges when, when the fall hits and the flowers are like creamy white, like bell-shaped flowers in the spring. So it's like, I love growing food, but I'll be the first to admit that tomatoes aren't like a sexy plant, right? <laughs> like <laughs> they're delicious. I eat a lot of tomatoes, but blueberries are also pretty. So that's cool. Um, You can 
plant them, uh, bare root shrubs can be planted in the spring or in the fall. But if you're growing them in a container, you can really like plant them anytime, as long as the weather permits. And I am not going to even like venture into talking about growing from seed because that's just like not doable, really, in any sort of like manageable way. We're talking about growing these plants like from starts, people. So if you're going to go into the ground, like you want to give at least four feet between plants and don't plant them any deeper than they were in the nursery pot. Like these aren't tomatoes where you're going to like plant them up to their neck. You really need to just like plant them up to where they were, but you want to kind of plant them near each other. Right. So like, because they have that like cross pollination stuff, you want some space between the plants so they don't like crowd each other out. But like, don't plant your blueberries on like opposite ends of your garden either. <laughs> like put them like with each other. But I think the coolest thing about blueberries is like once the plants are established and happy, a single blueberry plant can live for up to 60 years. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's um it's 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 a good good investment. It's yeah, good investment. It's, a, it's a it's an investment for your future. Yeah, it'll pay dividends, y'all. So once you've picked out your plants, right, you're going to want a find, to find, like, uh, a sunny, like, but sheltered spot. They're going to need full sun for the best fruit production, but you don't want to expose them to winds that are going to dry them out too much. Because remember, like, the high bush, the cultivated versions have those, like, shallow root systems. And ideally, you'll pick, like, two different varieties. So that way they can, like, you can really encourage that cross-pollination. So, you know, two varieties, at least four feet between the plants, but together, sunny, but, like, sheltered from high winds. Um, also, don't plant them too close to trees because trees can block sunlight, but they also, like, suck up any moisture in the soil, which is a lesson I learned very um, hard this year with a bell pepper plant that I put too close to a tree. It's too late in the year, so I'm just letting it struggle on to see what happens. But I learned a lesson in the garden. No matter how good you are at plants, you're going to fuck something up every year. But it's a learning opportunity. So blueberries, though, thrive in acidic soil. You're going to want to aim for a pH between like four and five. If you don't have naturally acidic soil, like NBD, you can add a small amount of granulated sulfur to the soil a few months before planting to break down and acidify it. But you can also use things like pine bark or pine needles to boost the acidity. I'm going to say like a bunch of places online, even in Farmer's Almanac, also recommend like peat moss to increase acidity. But peat takes so long to form that it's essentially a non-renewable resource don't just buy and use peat willy-nilly. Like we're we're rapidly utilizing the peat that exists and it's like thousands of years before there's more. So go easy on the peat. Um, they're really like, because they're really shallow rooted, you also have to be careful with like how close you put your fertilizer to the crown of the plant, right? So you're going to get all of the like, soil prepped, going to do your sulfur, maybe your pine, work a little bit of organic matter into it. But like once you plant it and you're doing the like monthly fertilizing, because anyone who grows food knows you have to fertilize food producing plants more than you do like your pretty flowers, right? You just do. But you're going to like need to be very careful about where you apply it 
because the root systems are so shallow and because like you you don't want to ever be fertilizing like right up on the base of the plant you need to like do your fertilizer in a band about 12 inches from the crown of the plant but do it just like a 10 10 10 nothing like too crazy intense you know you want to make sure that it's gonna feed it but not burn those like shallow fine roots but also like don't fertilize it as soon as you plant it give it like a month to settle before you add your fertilizer (laughs) but while they're producing berries they are going to need like one to two inches of water a week right so like keep an eye on them don't let them dry out again shallow root systems you need to be regularly applying water they don't have a deep tap root but the best news for most of you guys blueberries are also excellent container plants which you don't get with all foodstuffs like growing food in containers is kind of annoying because you have limited options trust me I know a lot of my stuff is still in containers even though I'm slowly working some soil like spots next to my porch but blueberries are great right the other cool thing about it is if you choose to grow in a container you can buy like organic soil or potting mix that's designed for things like azaleas or rhododendrons so it's already a higher acidity so you don't have to fuck with amending it and like testing the ph of your soil so again very very good things um you do want to mulch the top of the container and this is just like good practice for any fruits or veggies you're growing in a container mulch them so they don't lose too much moisture but after getting it like well situated in there again just a matter of finding a nice sunny spot for your container get a like big container. Um, I would say these are also really good for grow bags. Grow bags are good affordable options, but get like two varieties, maybe put them on either side of like your porch, right? Like, can you imagine walking up? I have these, like, I have a few columns on my porch and I'm like putting a blueberry bush on each side while you're like walking in instead of like big flower containers two beautiful blueberry containers. How cute is that? And then they get beautiful red foliage in the fall. It's a design choice. It's going to make you pies. I see no problems. I'm living for this combo of like aesthetics, but then also at some point you get blueberries. You get fucking blueberries. And I'm, I'm like, this is really one of the easiest things to grow as far as like fruit is concerned are we gonna get into blueberry leaf tea we will we will talk some about blueberry leaf tea um i will also just add if you're growing them in containers it's also good for people that get harsh winters because you can wrap the containers in like straw or burlap or even overwinter them like in a sunny spot in like a garage or something and keep them alive year-round so I'm not getting super deep into medicinal uses because it's a really good for you food stuff. The teas are really good for you. I did mention like UTIs. You can make blueberry leaf tea to help with UTIs, but you can also just like drink blueberry juice. But like blueberries are like the boss babe of antioxidant foods, right? It's also anti-inflammatory, so they can help prevent heart disease. They're great for urinary tract issues like we've talked about. They're also said to help improve blood pressure and have even been suggested for preventing cataracts and glaucoma. And they're really like, they're just like super, super healthy. They've got all those vitamins, all those minerals. Get organic frozen blueberries and you can eat them year round. So it's like, if you need a boost of vitamin C over the winter, 
citrus isn't your only option. Get those frozen blueberries out. Make like blueberry and goat cheese hand pies. Uh, blueberry sauce on a pork roast. Yes, please. Like they're not just for sweet desserts. They're so good. But let's like talk about magic because like the blueberry tea in magic, you can make blueberry leaf tea and it's delicious. Uh, we're talking about raspberries next week. So I'm going to get a lot more into like medicinal uses of raspberry leaf because that's one that has just like a very strong tradition in Western herbalism for raspberry leaf tea, but blueberry leaf tea is good for you. Like it has those antioxidants. It's good for your urinary tract system. If you're getting like under the weather, you can add blueberry leaves to like a tea of like elderberries and blueberry leaf. So many vitamins and minerals. Well, I was, I was just bringing it up though, because for some reason, I mean, and we've talked about how the algorithms have no idea who I am. And I, I like, <laughs> I like yeah. the level of confusion that they have. But for some reason, I'm on Alaska Twitter. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Or like, I'm on part of Alaska Twitter. And um, anywho, it's like blueberry, like blueberry season is a big deal up there and I just oh, yeah. I just remember seeing something about like blueberry leaf tea and thinking my gosh that sounds cozy as fuck yeah it's good it's like good for you and it's it's tasty again organics are important I think that blueberry leaf you can like buy dried br- blueberry leaf but honestly like just grow blueberries y'all I want to grow blueberries I'm on like a plant pause so I haven't been able to like buy a bunch of new plants this year for a variety of reasons but i'm like blueberries are on my list for next year 100 percent hundy p that's gotta happen hundy p but like let's talk about magic y'all uh the blossom end of the blueberry forms a plant pentagram hella magical plants right that also happen to have like major cottage core vibes which i know so many witches are into so it's like these beautiful cottage core shrubs with pentagram flowers <laughs> like and you get blueberries ah so the blueberries are associated with the moon and venus and the water and the earth elements but because of the pentagram a lot of like magical traditions if something has a pentagram they say it could be associated with any of the elements because it's like you've got earth air fire water and spirit a lot of them or ether if you're in the alchemical tradition so that's potentially something that you could you know think about for associations if that's in your magical practice i i i love though with blueberries because we're talking we were talking about like the red leaves like in the autumn which has this kind of very fiery vibe but then it's literally a blueberry which feels very like watery Obviously, yeah. it is it is a plant, so it is growing out of the earth. You know, it's like there's a lot going on. Uh, there's just a lot going on with blueberries elementally, which is very yeah. exciting. A hundred percent. And Nick, you're going to be so happy to know Artemis is one of the deities. Oh, of course. Okay. This is such a this is such an Artemis heavy episode. I feel like as I sit here with my bedside table, that's like three arrows holding up a glass top we love artemis we do (laughs) of course though they're also associated with like selene luna any other like moon loving deities so like 
you know they're a big hit with loony witches hello but so many resources talk about them as being like baller at protective magic and i've talked about it like before on the podcast i love when there's like the magical associations that like mirror the physical properties of plants I always feel like are so powerful and it's like you think about the antioxidant anti-inflammatory super like health promoting properties of the blueberry of course they're going to be good for like protective magic right so like my favorite recommendation was to eat blueberries under the full moon for like a protective ritual I just love the idea like Nick you're at your full moon bonfire pass around a pint of blueberries for some protection. I, I, I'm i going to. Like, that's amazing. You can also, like, get freeze-dried powdered blueberries to dress a candle for protective magic. Um, you can also use the dried leaves, but add the leaves to a sachet, you know, protective sleep sachet. Add them to a bath. You know I'm going to talk about dried blueberry leaves under your doormat. Like, you could also drink blueberry tea while you're doing, like, magic uh, to prep yourself for astral projection. Any sort of spiritual work. My, my like, dream now, though, I because I want to visit the Redwoods, is to, like, pack a picnic basket to go into a Redwood forest to commune with the Fae. And in the picnic basket, there are blueberry hand pies. And, like... One oh. is an offering for the Fae. One is for protection for me. And that's an incredible idea. Actually, I kind of like the idea of leaving like a little a little blueberry snack. I'm maybe maybe we'll have a, a blueberry hand pie cook off, and I can bring one uh, to my my quote unquote sacred well, which is um, yes. there's okay. I'm gonna I have to take you there when y'all come down for the holidays because it really is when you see it when you see the little ferns hanging down above the water being like you're gonna be like oh there's Faye here this is like because this is the mood it, it really is it really is so yeah. i love it um of course because of all the antioxidants and stuff they're also associated with beauty and youth-related magic. So you can use powdered blueberries or even fresh blueberries to make magically infused makeup. And I found this amazing, like, WordPress, the vikingqueen.wordpress.com, and she made an entire makeup look just using, like, blueberries that were cooked down no extra water with a little bit of honey and she made like a gorgeous lip stain and did like an eye makeup look and a blush all with blueberries I was like oh my god also I'm like digging the idea of making your own like magical makeup at home I found a really cool recipe for a powdered beetroot blush and elderberry lip gloss like hi glamour magic using makeup that you've made from like protective berries and vegetable roots like what oh, of course yeah, that, uh, and that's exactly what any anyone would want to do with this of knowledge course. absolutely of course you can ma mash blueberries and like use them to make a face mask which i love as an addition to like a self-love bath ritual on a full moon like protection beauty lunar energies worshiping artemis everything i also love if you're like doing the homemade face masks 
do them in the bath. Like it's so easy to clean up because homemade face masks are messy. I do have to say that like so many DIY mask recipes online include lemon juice. And I beg you, do not put lemon juice on your face. Just please don't. Please don't. Like you will damage your skin. It's too acidic. Like it's too acidic. Yeah. Just don't. I, I, and ooh. and to that point, I will say that as someone who has had to like juice a whole bag of lemons uh, for bartending reasons, um, yeah, it's not good for your skin to have citrus juice directly on your skin. Yeah, it also like makes you hella photosensitive. So like if you're making lemonade for an outdoor barbecue, wash your hands, but maybe like add a little sunscreen to your hand lotion for the day because sunburn central. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, so that's all I have for today. I'm like not going to go on about blueberries forever. This is kind of just like a teaser for you guys, but I'm really into the idea of like, summer fruit magic and blueberries are a perfect intro to that i i feel i feel like that is very like something a something an actual bear would say yes yes um, and i am a bear so my sources today of course i was all over the farmer's almanac you guys know how much i love that shit uh lovelotusapothecary.com the modern witchcraft spellbook by sky alexander haven't talked about that one in a minute reno magic store and of course the vikingqueen.wordpress.com she's everything and treehugger.com incredible i know so it was fun you guys, before we get, before we literally go to outer space, um, take a deep breath because there's no air in outer space. Um, but no, so you guys, we have to talk, we have to do some asks because it's fucking time. And um, you guys, y'all love this podcast. You've already listened to like half the episode. Um, so obviously you're enjoying it and you're like, wow, how do I, how do I support these amazing podcasters well um you can if you want to reach out and let us know how great we are um you can hit us up on instagram of course at once and Franz pod um if you're feeling old school you can email us to once and Franz pod at gmail.com if you want to take your devotion a step further we are on patreon and for everyone that is listening to this um, and hearing me show off my my gorgeous rune necklace and my star earring and my dragon, uh, you you can't see that. But if you were on Patreon, you could see that, and that's ultimately like a next level experience. So um, we're also fully in the market for some good reviews. So. Like one really cool thing you could do is maybe you could go on, you could give us five stars and then you could say, this podcast is good. Um, I like to listen to this podcast. It's also like a good, (laughs) if you want like an alt, you know, like, um, so, you know, just some ideas there. Like, yeah, obviously don't, don't rate us unless it's five stars because if you rate us, like, if 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 it was possible, if it was possible, and you're coming in with like three or four star review, um, I will find you. 
and I will cut you. Yeah, don't bother. Look, if you don't want to give us five stars, fucking don't bother. But also, you can rate on Spotify now. More of you need to get on that. I know so many of y'all are listening on Spotify. We see the stats. Yeah, you're listening on Spotify. Fucking give us five stars already. Oh my God, you're already on the episode. Like you're on the podcast page on Spotify. Click the stars. Just move your thumb half an inch. Come on, y'all. Also, our Patreon peeps, we love you. Please go ahead and go download the episodes though, even if you're listening to them through Patreon. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I mean, stats are fun. Stats are fun. Any anything like that helps. Um, but also, yeah, you guys, bears. I love bears. Can we just like a moment of silence for the beauty of the bear? I just I I, I think you're spot on about it being like one of the more ideal lifestyles. Like hibernation for sure sounds like a dream. Like oh my god. My kingdom for three months of sleep. Oh, truly. <laughs> like, oh my God. What I would not give. Well, and it's like three months of sleep. But before that, you have to eat three months worth of food and just oh. hang out in a river eating salmon or whatever. And like, do you know how many blueberry hand pies I would be willing to eat? Out of the goodness uh, yeah. of my heart uh, before prepare, hibernating. To prepare for hibernating. Okay. Uh, duh. Anywho, um, so this week I have the cosmic pleasure of presenting another mythological tour of our night sky. Um, which does seem fitting considering again that gorgeous, like deep field photograph. Um it's beautiful. Also I just have to say, if there's any better argument against fucking capitalism and, like, working until you die. Oh, my God, really? It's like, how I could not feel smaller looking at that photograph. It's like, wow. It's like, I'm sorry, you're telling me I have to fucking, like, put in a request to have a day off work? Look at the galaxies. Come on. Really, really, it's like, but so you're telling me that... If anyone lives in a, that galaxy, like, 14 billion light years away, they don't know who I am or care about me at all. I love it. There's something I find that's just so freeing about recognizing how fucking little you matter. Not oh, yeah. in a mean way. Just in no. a, like, and, live and that's, your life. <laughs> and that's why my, that was my, like... W- feeling the magic this week because really it is one of those things where it's like you do have like when you get to take that little step back you almost kind of have to laugh about the things that you're stressing out about yeah you're like oh my god I'm really over here like having anxiety about what now you're like I'm sorry I'm supposed to care about the fucking economy look at the universe like really like looking like a bowling alley floor gorgeous 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 girls could could never but also Um, now I'm like we all just need to get like like take some mushrooms and go to the bowling alley and stare at the carpet who knew who knew (laughs) um but okay, I think this is also kind of fun because I get to channel my dad a little bit. Like I remember, I specifically remember my dad pointing out this specific um, set of constellations to me when I got my little telescope as a kid. Um, so yeah, I do get to channel my dad a little bit. Thank you very much. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm talking about the Ursas. 
both major and minor this week. And right at the top, I do feel obliged to have a little trigger warning about um, raping. Raping happens in this story. And baby eating. I love a baby eating trigger warning. So um, if either of those things would be triggering to you, this is not the myth for you. Um, But firstly, uh, again, the part where I channel my dad. So if you even care about me or this podcast at all, you're probably going to go out at some point after this and try to find these constellations in the sky. And good news, you're in luck because the Ursas could not be easier to find. And if I told you that they were um, circumpolar constellations, that would be a hint about their location. Um, And very well done. Yes, that does mean that they're north. And actually, these are very, very easy to find. They have another common name that when I tell you the name, you're going to be like, oh, that was easy to find. Um, It's the Big and Small Dipper. So Big Dipper, Ursa Major, Little Dipper, Ursa Minor. Um, So, and yeah, that's right. You fat American fucks. Ursa Major and Minor are uh, your sky spoons. I love it. The sky spoons are also notoriously easy to find, guys. They are so easy to find. Um, And yeah, really, it's like seeing them as spoons or seeing them as bears really is just a bit of a perspective change. And um, stars cannot be right way up or upside down. Um, The sky does not have that kind of dimension to it. Like, we impose up and down, but um, that's not a thing. Yeah, gravity is just a fun game that some planets play with space time. Right. Um, So, but but truly, North is not up, which I'm always I'm I'm famously always saying that. Like we assume that North is up. Um, We always kind of show our entire solar system, even where North is quote unquote up, but South could be up. You know, like we just decided that North was up. which I, I think about that a lot, actually. <laughs> that yeah, we just... it's like, if you're on the South Pole and you look up, you're still yeah. looking, you're looking south, you're looking down from our perspective. Yeah. Perspective people. Perspective people. But anywho, so it's the big and small dipper, it's the big and small bear. But actually, so if you cannot find the the, the uh, big dipper, little dipper, or um, Ursa Major, Ursa Minor, Another easy way to find it would be to use your compass. And this is where I'm channeling my dad, because if you got out a compass and then you um, looked north, um, there's this little star, maybe you've heard of her, Polaris, um, also called the North Star, which isn't always magnetic north, um, but it's one of those that's close enough that we've been navigating by it for like, I don't know, just like 6,000 years. So... Not a huge deal, but um, but you like know, I, I a massive deal, <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. But I just I love when astronomers are like, Yeah, well, Polaris isn't actually true north because we're, and it's like, Okay, well, um, it's I love that weird Zoidberg noise you just made, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anywho, so. Also, but fuck people like that. Like, I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I also hate how he's that guy. 
it's like you can be intelligent and you don't always have to be a dick about it. You don't always have to be a dick about it. You don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be that guy um, that's like tomatoes are a fruit. You don't you don't have to be that guy. Um, it's like let tomatoes be tomatoes. How dare you with your vegetable fruit binary? Right. Tomatoes right, right. are genderqueer. We all know this. We all know this. They're fruits that want to be vegetables sometimes and that's okay when they feel like it and you know what let them live their life let them live their life um okay but anywho so if you look north you can see um polaris um and so i also learned this week that there's kind of like easily spotted patterns of stars like the big and little dipper aka ursa major ursa minor are um called asterisms and so the asterisms are, are kind of like the easy thing to spot. And those are kind of the sort of like the bases of a lot of constellations. And so when we're looking at uh, what the different constellations are across cultures, a lot of times they'll, they'll see the same asterism, but um, they're like looking at it from, again, a different perspective, or they're combining it with other nearby features to create a different constellation. Of course, constellations really are just from our perspective like they're not they're they're not real at all they're not real yeah. at all those stars are not even close to each other yeah at like all. like really and some of those stars are actually like galaxies like we see andromeda as a star but but you know the more you zoom in the more it's just a whole galaxy and it's like not even yeah. touching us and it's not I even do, a star so i took a lot of astronomy in undergrad and it was like one of the things that really it's like logically it makes sense but it blew my mind to think about like the very different constellations that people in like the southern hemisphere have and yeah, i was yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh my they god it makes sense but it blew my fucking dick off for some reason <laughs> like it, yeah it's like they literally have different stars down there yeah Anyway, constellations are cool. All of that to say, um, you know, look north, and that's where the bears are, okay? So unless you live in the Bermuda Triangle, you can get out a compass and look north, and there's a very bright star, and maybe it looks like it's um, in a, a ladle, if, if that's what you see, because you're American and everything is food-based. Um that's or because yeah, that's, you're a bear and you're getting ready to hibernate so everything's food based uh but yeah so if you look you see the see the little ladle and then you look next to it and there's the big ladle and um that's 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 ursa major and that's ursa minor and uh, congratulations you found the ursas so let's get a little bit into the the story like that's that's what we're here for right is the story so obviously this wouldn't be once and bronze without a little sexy mesopotamia talk so what did they think of all this bear spoon nonsense and um nothing because they saw a wagon um sometimes a plow okay so owing to the seasonal nature of ursa minor um which you know kind of does it oh, a rising thing so ursa major and ursa minor do not ever go um below the horizon and that's part of um, well, we'll get into that later on, actually, as to the mythological reason why. But um, it would do this kind of rising thing in the early spring, which was kind of like the plowman. Because they saw, again, they saw it as like a wagon or a plow. So the Ursa Minor is the little guy pushing the plow. 
And he kind of gets up in the early spring, which is like plowing time. So they saw this as kind of like an agricultural, as part of their agricultural calendar. Okay, but why is the idea of a plow man pushing a plow in the sky so cute? I It really is, right? And um, so the mythology there, again, pretty straightforward. The plowman um, shows up in early spring, which is coincidentally time to plow the fields. And the Mesopotamians also tied um, this plowman character to their main god, Inlil, who was a patron of the agricultural arts. I mean, that's how we got civilization was by farming. So big deal, big deal. Um, but also Mesopotamians were obsessed with the plowman because of Polaris. So the Phoenicians were these great seafarers and they had truly one of the first like great seafaring civilizations, which also, you know, helped spread civilization throughout the world. Incredible job, you guys. Um, and but yeah so they navigated by polaris which again continuously used until the invention of gps is how people found out where they were on the ocean um so we've got the plow we've got the plowman we've got the sky spoons but what what about the bears yeah i'm like nick we're here for bears where are the bears and so before i get into it and you know because sort of like when we talked about the pleiades i did want to just kind of touch base with some non-european cultures and um obviously we always go back to mesopotamia because it's the first recorded instance of culture because they wrote everything down like there was probably people that did civilized shit before that they just didn't write about it so they were busy living their civilized lives. Um, they were very busy living their civilized lives. Good for them. Um, but actually, the Cherokees here in North America also uh, see Ursa Major as uh, a great bear. So um, much like the aboriginals in Australia see the Pleiades um, as also seven sisters, which is crazy that the Greeks stole that from them but in this case i do think it's one of those where you can kind of see it like a bear has a pretty distinct shape you know and it's like with the nubby tail there's not a lot of other things that that shape would be and you know there are bears in both europe and north america so i would say um you know like no no conspiracy about anyone stealing it from anyone but the cherokees do see a bear as well which i thought was cool but we're talking about the greek version of the bear i also Um, i have to say that like i do like that the ursas like they actually do kind of you could see the bear because in my opinion that is so rarely the case with it really it really is (laughs) and you know um ursa minor has a bit more of a tail to it yeah. Sometimes they say that it's Callisto's hunting dog, which I don't actually go into in the version of the story that I've chosen to tell today. But um, there is a version where um, Ursa Minor is Callisto's hunting dog. Uh, spoiler, we haven't even talked about Callisto yet because we have to talk about Zeus first. So oh, there's two Zeus. there's two versions of the Ursa Major, Ursa Minor story and the first one is the one that i think zeus would prefer everyone to hear 
and um, it's really kind of like Zeus Aganda vibes. And then there's the one that's like batshit crazy and the one that has the trigger warning. So which one do you think is the real story? Um, anyway, I'm going to tell the nice version first. So and this is going to be kind of like the Cliff, Cliff's Notes version. Um, but for this tale, we have to go back to Zeus's birth. Zeus's birth. Uh, he was born one time. That is correct. So, um, little, you know, so if you do not remember, um, we have Rhea and Kronos, Zeus's parents, shout out to them. And Kronos um, is eating all the babies because he does not want to give up his power at all. So every time Rhea has a baby, Kronos eats it until the sixth time um, we have baby Zeus and Rhea hides baby Zeus and on the island of Crete and uh, instead replaces him with a stone wrapped in a baby blanket which then Cronus just swallows whole and um so Zeus is raised on the island of Crete by two nymphs and when Cronus realizes that Zeus has escaped his fate of being eaten um he's pissed but Zeus has this idea of if Cronus is like looking for us, we can disguise ourselves. And you know, this his nymph um au pairs or whatever. And he turns them into bears and himself into a dragon so that Cronus comes to Crete, he's like, oh, there's just like bears and a dragon hanging out. Nothing to see here. Uh, which is exactly what happens. So Blah, 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 Zeus defeats Cronus, blah, 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 king of the gods. The first thing he does in celebration of his victory and becoming king of the gods is to put the two bears and the dragon constellation into the sky uh, as sort of his symbols. So that's the nice version, um, is that it's Zeus's little backstory from when he lived on the island and before he became the king of the gods. Um, that's supposed to be the bears and the dragon. Um, of course, and he's like, the dragon. One of the only nice stories about Zeus. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because he does set all the other gods free and, you know, like, uh, set the what we know as the universe into motion, which is incredible, incredible work. But uh, really, Props, the old, dude. it's like, really, that's, yeah. Um, like, the one story where you're not a sociopath so let's so, where you're not a horny sociopath a horny sociopath so um but then there is the story of callisto and how she got turned into a constellation through divine wrath um so to start with callisto literally means the fairest or the most beautiful which is a lot to live up to um but Callisto was already living in a world of high expectations because her father was a king, uh, King Lycaon of Arcadia, to be specific. And her mother was a beautiful nymph in her own right. So incredible, incredible. So we're a princess, but also half nymph. So obviously she's probably very beautiful. Um, and her father wants her to stay cooped up inside all day long, being ladylike and working on her needlepoint and her heart lessons, 
or whatever it is, you know, an Arcadian princess was doing at the time. She's just living her, like, Bridgerton fantasy in Arcadia. Really, though. Um, and Callisto, even though she is this ethereal beauty, just could not give less of a shit about being ladylike. Thank you very much. She's even what some people would call a tomboy. So put a pin in that for later on, actually. And she did like to sneak out and practice hunting with her brothers, which ultimately leads her to want to be a devotee of Artemis. So Artemis has this sort of cohort of nymphs that are like these badass lady nymphs, these wood nymphs that sort of go on hunts with her and they hang out in the woods. And so, you know, Callisto is, again, this incredible beauty, a skilled hunter, and she's down for the most important part of joining up with Artemis's cult, which is that she is a-okay with the very strict rules about remaining chaste. So no boys allowed whatsoever, et cetera, et cetera. And which ultimately a bunch of gorgeous ladies going on hunts and hanging out in the woods does sound a, a little sapphic, you know? Like, are they having a softball game is what I'm saying. Um, I do think it's important to mention, though, that the chastity thing is sometimes interpreted to mean, like, no sex whatsoever. But a lot of historians believe that uh, it's specifically referred to penetrative sex so and procreation. So these kind of, like, festal virgins, you know, this sort of Artemisian cult is, like, no no P and D and no making babies. Okay. So, which is a huge amount of difference than no erotic contact whatsoever. It's not the priesthood. It's, um, it's a little different. Um, it's a little more, um, <clears throat> lesbian and <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have something in my throat. Uh, <laughs> anywho, so, <laughs> Like, like talking about lesbians have something in your throat because you know what? Lesbians often don't have something uh, down their throat. Something down their throat. Um, Dirty sex joke. Anyway, but um, it, anywho, anywho. But of course, I do think this distinction should be made uh, about the penetrative sex and um, you know procreation being like what they're really going for with this whole like vow chastity, um, because what happens next might seem confusing. So. Callisto is hanging out in a clearing in the woods under a birch tree even. Um, we do get a specific kind of tree, very romantic. Um, she's minding her business, being gorgeous, and maybe a lesbian. Maybe she's lesbian. Um, and Artemis comes to her and she's radiant. She's got her own beauty. She's got her own charms. And they lie down together like really, really good gal pals do. Um, just being really good friends. Um, except for Callisto comes up for air after a particularly hot and heavy friendship interlude. And um, guess what? It's not Artemis, it's Zeus. Fuck! Why is it always Zeus? I really, though. Um, and again, you know, we're just having very intense friendship where you lay on the ground embracing each other. 
which is what uh, what friends do okay Um, what do you do with your friends (laughs) that's what we do with our friends uh but no so Callisto is like no can do like not even for Zeus like just cannot like no dudes allowed what are you doing in our um possibly lesbian forest like um because we're just being we're just gal palling around over here like no boys allowed get out i just feel like because you know zeus doesn't know where the clit is Uh, absolutely probably not probably i mean that that has to have been why you know what what, i mean what was the dead giveaway yeah because you know artemis knows artemis knows (laughs) artemis artemis is like i invented the clitoris thank you truly 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 (laughs) um but no so and this is in trigger warning so Zeus forces himself on Callisto and it's brute it's it's very brutal and um so she's like okay well I don't want to lose my spot as an attendant of Artemis like this is actually a really sweet gig and I do not want to have to go back home and have to like get married and like do all this you know princess shit like i just want to live in the woods and and hunt and and maybe be a lesbian okay like maybe that's what she's doing and um so here's the thing she tries to hide it and you know here's the thing when you are um not you know when you're um intimate with zeus you're probably pregnant and in this case yes she is absolutely pregnant and you know uh being a nymph being a wood nymph involves a lot of like naked bathing which is again just what regular gal pals do but so the other nymphs though are like artemis is asking for you specifically like you haven't been bathing with us and you pretty much have to come bathe with us naked in the stream because that's what nymphs do and like what are you doing um she's like i'm good it's a little chilly i'm just gonna hang out with my robot and they're like no like we we're all going swimming and you have to come with us and so they basically like like, she's having like shannon in the locker room in middle school vibes right 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 i'm good i'm just gonna like grab in a towel and then go hide in the shower don't look Mm -hmm. at me don't (laughs) yeah but she's like oh yeah y'all y'all go i'm actually gonna use the restroom um not because i uncomfortable in the locker room but just because i have to use the bathroom and like maybe i'll change in there but like that's ultimately just because i have to use the bathroom like so just so everyone knows um yeah this isn't about me being pregnant this is about having to pee and be away from you guys while i change right and um so you know she's like and she's like trying to to pull it off you know by like wearing like um you know one of those like robes like over her like one piece you know she's like wearing something flowy and they're like take off the fucking robe callisto like what's up and then they're like oh you're like i'm sorry i've had a lot of blueberry hand pies recently i've yeah i'm just a little bloated i've been eating a lot of blueberries um anywho so they're like oh you're pregnant so you had sex with a man how unfortunate you can't be in our cult anymore and artemis beats the shit out of her so one of the only times you really see artemis get like violent but um artemis turns callisto into a bear for breaking the no boys allowed policy even though 
it was non-consensual. Um, Zeus, does, of course, does not own up to this fact. So, um, yeah, which is great because, you know, like, at least she could have stayed hanging out with Artemis if Zeus had just been like, yeah, sorry. Um, but it's I fucking did, Zeus. I did that. Like, if Zeus had just been like, I did that, none of this would have happened. But Artemis is like, I cannot believe you had sex with a man. I'm going to beat the shit out of you and turn you into a bear. And so here's kind of the thing, too, is that Greek women would pray to Artemis to take away the pain during labor. And um, Artemis is so pissed that she uh, does not do that. Um, so Callisto gives birth in bear form to a human baby, um, which is Arcus. And Arcus ultimately gets taken away to be raised by, uh, again, the good king Lycaon. Right? Remember him? So this is where it gets really, really batshit crazy. So we have, and then we, we do not hear from Callisto for a long time she's wandering around in bear form she cannot speak okay she cannot tell anyone that she is a person that has been turned into a bear so she's just wandering around in the woods presumably eating berries and hibernating and um climbing trees and stuff um so we don't hear from her for like 16 years right but meanwhile meanwhile we have the little baby we have little baby arcus right and um, we have King Lycan, who is so pissed at Zeus for what has happened, um, that he invites Zeus over for dinner. And, uh, you know, I, I guess King Lycan was, like, really, really fancy like that, but he invited Zeus to dinner, and Zeus shows up. So, you know, like, you have to be pretty high on the social ranking to just be like oh hey Zeus oh, why don't you come on round we're having yeah, dinner yeah damn okay it's like that's you can pull a guest list my friend yeah so they're having this dinner they're having this dinner uh, and um, it turns out that King Lycan is a bit insane which is just to say he's fucking nuts because guess what he did he cut up baby Arcus Callisto's baby into little bits and hid a little bit of the baby in each of the dishes at the feast so that no matter what Zeus went for, he was eating his own child with Callisto. It's like that episode of South Park where they feed that kid his parents. Yeah, they feed that kid his own parents. Yeah. So Zeus is uh, mortified and a little embarrassed. It's kind of hard to pull one over on the king of the gods. Um, but in this particular case, he's he's been he's been some kind of embarrassed. But also, he's just like, what the actual fuck is wrong with you? Um, truly, like this is deranged. And so, turns King Lycaon into a wolf. And if you were wondering, yes, the. Uh, legend of King Lycaon getting turned into the wolf is the first legend of a werewolf. Um, That's cool. And, and so Plato writes about this, and this is just like a fun side note, but um, they would apparently have these cannibalistic rites 
in um, Arcadia, which is sort of in the central Peloponnese. Uh, it is part of Greece, but um, the Greeks, like the Athenians and the Spartans, really thought that the Arcadians were savages. Um, and they did have these incredible, like, rumors about them doing this cannibalistic ritual every nine years, um, where they would basically have, like, a lottery. And whoever... Um, where they would hide a piece of human flesh in food and then whoever ate the human flesh would turn into a wolf for nine years and then if they managed to not eat a human in the nine years they could turn back into a human okay um, i mean that's one way to live your life but um so Zeus turns the king into like the first wolf slash maybe werewolf and yes um king Lycan, like um lycanthropy um lichen whatever you know it's like um it's all the same root word which is uh, uh greek for wolf um so zeus does uh put arcus back together though um so he digs all the little bits out of the food and like frankensteins the baby back together and <laughs> a bit of an uh, osiris moment bit of an osiris moment exactly exactly and so this time zeus kind of like takes a, a bit more uh responsibility for his own child which is so big of him oh, wow uh, how generous of you zeus to own up to something you did and so we're kind of back into the like hiding a baby with um some non-parental guardians but so zeus kind of looking towards his own childhood, decides to um, let baby Arcus be raised by the Pleiades, um, specifically Maya. Um, so he's got this sort of idyllic countryside life, right? And, um, you know, the Pleiades are kind of like, I, I, this is before their catastrophism, which is when they are turned into a constellation. Um, so... You know, he's uh, they're, they're sort of like um, this pastoral sort of characters. And so he's out in the country. He's learning how to hunt. Of course, he does inherit this skill from his mother, who was a devotee of Artemis, uh, to be this really great hunter with a bow and arrow. So 16 years later, right, we have Arcus, who is this um, young hunter. And who should he come across in the woods except this bear, this huge, dark bear? And the bear kind of gets up on its hind legs and is, like, going into full attack mode, except that's not really the story, because guess what? That's his mom. That's Callisto. And she's like, oh, my God, that's my child. I'm going to give him a hug, except she can't talk. And also, she's a bear. So he's like, what the fuck? This bear is trying to kill me. <laughs> oh, my God. This is all so tragic, but also slapstick. But it's actually, yeah, it's so sad for Callisto because she just wants to, like, hug her child for, like, the first time ever. And really, like, the the awful thing about this curse is that she's fully aware she's just trapped inside of a bear's body right poor baby so arcus chases her into um the arcadian temple to zeus which it is illegal to hunt in the temple which was kind of why you know callisto like that's sort of her plan is like oh well we're gonna go to the temple and guess what zeus shows up well now he's decided he's gonna fucking save the day 
Uh, God damn it, Zeus. Yeah, really. Like, after all of that, after all of that, he um, catasterizes them both um, as the big bear and the little bear um, so they can be together in the sky. Because that's what Zeus does with his problems, right? He puts them in the sky. He yeah. Puts them, he puts them in the sky as stars. But that's not the end of the story. I mean, that would be the end of the story. Except you thought Hera was not going to show up in this story and be a huge <laughs> and be a huge bitch. Can I just say, like, for a little bit of a insider baseball, Nick just has a bullet point now that says Hera's bitch ass. Um. Yeah. So Hera's bitch ass is kind of jealous that Callisto slept with Zeus, even though it was fully R word. Um, yeah, and decides so they they have this belief again. Um, we're talking about the ancient Greeks. They have this belief that the constellations dipping below the horizon, like the zodiac does, which is how you know you get your rising and descending signs of the zodiac. Um, they do dip below the horizon, and they saw that as um the stars themselves going into the ocean for some reason. Um, they thought the world was flat and that's how it worked. But um, Hera's bitch ass moves the bears to the polar region because that means they will never dip below the horizon. Wow. And so they never get water. Wow. So. I... Okay, this poor girl. So, I again, it's like you have the first version, which is like, ooh, Zeus um, is just making, like, a little scrapbook, you know, precious memories. And then you have the second version, which there's a lot going on. And I, I think, you know, the first version is very much like Zeus propaganda. And the second version feels a little more... Um, a little more real. A, a little so. more, like, in line with what we know about Zeus as a god so there you have it the story of the bears um i've been having fun doing these so i hope you guys are enjoying learning a little bit about constellations like because there's a lot of them so yeah buckle up. buckle up people you know yeah i'm i'm digging it well we're getting close to the bitter end but it's time for the telescope. Hello, Aquarius, our alien babes. For you today, I've drawn the hanged man, and I chose to do my herb crafters tarot today, and I love that the hanged man is represented by burdock, so people that are on the Patreon can see the burdock root is, like, in the same shape as the hanged man. There's burdock tea on top of a burdock leaf, and then there's this, like, velvet bag with these, like, runes that are made from burdock root, and can I just say I love the idea of burdock root runes? How good is that? So, Aquarius, my sweet little Aquarian alien babes, y'all are in a pinch, but challenges are growth opportunities, right? So, the hanged man being represented by burdock is like actually super spot on because burdock is a plant that can be a really like challenging weed to get rid of, but it's also like hugely beneficial because burdock shows up when soil is lacking nutrients. It's like, if it's super nutrient poor, 
high burdock arrives. And the leaves of the burdock root, when they fall down, they become mulch and they bring all of these nutrients to the soil. So like as they break down, the soil becomes richer, healthier, and eventually the soil will no longer sustain burdock root because it's too like nutrient dense. So take that as a lesson, right? The problem you're experiencing right now is your solution. You just have to like change your perspective, like relinquish a little bit of control, allow this to unfold. And at the end, you're going to be in a healthier place than you were at the beginning of the transformation. And that's like the way to ride this wave, right? Like in life, you can ride the wave or you can get fucking smashed in the face and dragged under. One of those is a lot more uh, painful than the other. And when the hanged man shows up, it's like, this is the situation. So either you've got to fucking roll with it or the universe is going to like sit your ass down. So you might as well make the best out of this and use it to help your higher good. Because the more you fight against it, literally you're going to get smashed in the face. So let it happen. Let it make things better for you. Try to shift your perspective because it's unavoidable. It's here. It's happening. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So that's my message for y'all today. (laughs) And on that note, that is the bitter end, is it not? The bitter burdock root tea end. (laughs) Well... What do we say to all of those space bear bitches eating blueberries out oh there? My God, to all of you space bear alien blueberry munching bitches. Blessed be bitches. Blessed be bitches. Goodbye. Bye now. Going to meet Peter at the park.